intro. Like I never know how to start, but um, <laughs> you don't do like a, like a few like, "What's up, guys? It's me." Hey, bros, how's it going? <laughs> do you watch yeah. PewDiePie? Do you like PewDiePie? I, I don't. I watch like virtually no <laughs> let's plays. All the stuff I watch on YouTube is just the dumbest possible stuff you could possibly find. You watch how to microwave your red knife, red handled knife until it gets red hot. <laughs> Literally exactly that kind of garbage, except <laughs> occasionally some cooking stuff, but that's about it. Cook okay, yeah. I guess that kind of counts as a cook, like the thing I was talking about the red knife thing. Do you remember when that was going on? There was just like people were like, we heated up this knife to a thousand degrees and we're cutting the, crayons. Yeah, I remember the nickel ball thing. They were like just putting hot nickel in everything for no reason. <laughs> It's so bizarre that like YouTube will go through trends like that. Like, um, like I don't, I can't even think. Like right now, it's it's kind of like I spent ten thousand dollars on this car, or I spent ten thousand dollars on these ramen noodles. Exactly. It kind of, man. It feels like it's just catering to like rich people. I don't even know how these people get rich because it's <laughs> like, guess what I did? I took a billion dollars and gave it to a homeless man for no reason, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe what he did. He walked. He cried. Through, he's just like, <laughs> Oh, thank you for the billion dollars. <laughs> have a nice day. He's like, oh, I could finally eat tonight. Thank you for that. I'll, I guess I'll get out of your hair now. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I'm going to go act homeless <laughs> if some YouTuber gives me money. Um, yeah, so this is my good friend Keegan Jimerson. Uh, we've been friends since we were both actual fetuses. Um, so I just figured I'd have him on. He's one of the best conversationalists that I that I can think of, honestly. I feel like and that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. No, 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 no. Well, if anything, you like contribute to conversation. I know several people that will just like when the conversations hit its natural peak or whatever, they'll just like quit talking. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of awkward, but I feel like you are really good about mitigating like uh, a new, uh, you know, a new sentence or a new thought based on like a a previous thought. You know what I mean? Like you're a good communicator that way. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like I, I don't want to say I pride myself in that, but I did kind of learn to do it because I really hate that awkward silence of conversations and especially uh, like since I've joined the military, you know, you're, you're just meeting a lot of new people all the time and you get put where you're just, uh, you know, Hey, go stand next to this person for four hours. And there's so many people that just get so weirded out by that, that you kind of have to find a way to force yourself. in. Have you, so you've gotten a lot better at like small talk since you've joined uh, the Navy. Uh, I feel like it. There's like a few key things that when I'm talking to people, like I'll just force myself in with like, you know, three or four questions. And normally they open up by then. But, you know, sometimes they're just, you know, where are you from? Oh, I'm from here. What's your favorite movie? I like all kinds of movies. What's your favorite music? Oh, it's this. And then they're just, okay, sorry, I'm not going to talk to you if if you have no desire to have a conversation. (laughs) I guess you would rather sit in (laughs) silence. And I guess that's what we're going to do then. Yeah, I, when I first went to college, um, I didn't like know anybody like the first time, like the uh, orientation day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I kind of went into it with like the aspect with the the headspace that you probably wouldn't go into stuff now. Like, I don't know anybody here. I'm gonna try to be friendly and make as many friends as possible. And there's this guy just like sitting there by himself at uh, at registration, and and like I went and, like like sat next to him. And was like, hey, what's going on? How are you? And he was like the most awkward person. And at that point, I had to make the decision, like, do I get up and leave? Is that more awkward than just, like, staying here in silence? But it was so weird. And then, like, later that day, I was sitting with, like, the guy who I was roommating with, at the, or who was my, like, temporary roommate. 
um and he like came and sat down next to us and didn't say a single thing and i was like oh hey what's up but I, I remember you from this morning i didn't even remember his name because he didn't i don't think he even told me his name he, he mm-hmm. was just you know and he literally didn't say a word but he sat there next to us like it was kind of comforting and i was like all right well i guess it's not that weird <laughs> you know now that it's happened a second time yeah i that's one thing i hate is when you do try to make the conversation you know you're trying to like you know push in there and see what's going on and in that like awkward silence like uh in fact since i've been on my ship um i i was trying to see with a few or sit with a few people at the uh you know where we eat but the way the covid situation is they have the seating all spaced out where you have to sit diagonal so like two people can sit per table and they we had five of us so i got put at the very end and on top of it i was super mad because there's just the worst human you could ever imagine was just sitting <laughs> lurking and he was trying to like ease his way into line and i'm like no get get out of my way you know go <laughs> the end and wait like everyone else because i'm not going to do that i don't like being confrontational and like the the girl that i just recently met that's in my workspace she's like uh, I thought you were friends, but then you started being really hostile. So then I'm just sitting there, like, eating by myself, <laughs> brewing over my anger. Like, you guys are sitting over there. I can't talk to anyone. Idiots in the lunch line. Oh, uh, man. It's, it's, there was, that was kind of like that in school, too. Like, I remember there would be, um, there would be periods of time where, like, there, someone was, like, the stirrer of the conversation. It would either be, like, me or you, one of our other friends. And, like, if you sat in a weird spot adjacent to them that day or whatever, mm-hmm. it was just, like, you just weren't talking at lunch that day. You're just listening to what everyone else is saying or you're just, like, you're you're sitting with uh, someone else. You know, you're, you're yeah, facing yeah, the yeah. people that, yeah. And uh, I always hated being at the end. But sometimes sometimes you can still make your way in. But I feel like the, the group will kind of shift towards that. Like, if these two people are talking, then eventually someone gets up and they reseat themselves, you know? yeah yeah especially if like the next class over like leaves or something there's more like room you can kind of spread out and take make your picks a little bit better and stuff oh i was gonna say as far as like uh conversation i don't know about you but do you have like an actual game plan going into talking to someone like how you're like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this uh trying to like make your way into a conversation to make it easier or like a routine that you run through or no um, not like a specific routine, but if I have a rapport with that person, like say it's someone at work or, you know, it's someone that I've, that I go to the supermarket and they're always like checking me out or whatever, I'll have like a, like a set amount of like things to say, or like I'll have the, I'll bring up the spreadsheet in my head, like mm-hmm. a stupid <laughs> robot or something like, okay, well I talk to them about, uh, you know, I talk to them about Netflix. So I'll, I'll mention a new Netflix thing that happened or, uh, maybe they're wearing like a, a cool shirt today. So, okay, that's put that in there that's that's the topic for conversation cool shirt and then it just like <laughs> and then if the conversation lulls or it kind of dips at some point then i can get into it like oh cool shirt is that a new shirt by the way you know i can there's there's things running through my head at the, at the same time and that makes me sound like a maniac i'm sure um i don't know how your experience is but at, like i went to school for communications right and i remember there was a couple of different couple of different classes where uh, they didn't really like teach you to do this or, any, or anything, but there was a couple different like interpersonal communication classes I took where it was interesting to think about like like analyze the conversation as you're having it. Like, what kind of a conversation I- am I having with this person? Is this getting? Is this you know? Is this chit chat or are we having like a deep thought or or you know? It, yeah, is this like person to actually take a step back to to kind of look at it from an outside view type situation? Right. Exactly. Do you do that? Do you analyze or or, or premeditate your conversations? um not really this is gonna sound kind of scummy but the only time (laughs) i do that and i don't want to say i 
I manipulate people by any means, right? <laughs> I don't want it to sound like that. But occasionally, like, I'll go into a conversation and I'm like, like, for example, I have this buddy. I want him to come over and I'm like, all right, I know exactly what I have to say to make this man come <laughs> over. So I'm going to steer it that way. I'm going to give him a time limit and I'm going to send it. it <laughs> that's the only time where I'll really steer a conversation in that way, shape, or form. However, I feel like I can be pretty good about... Um, I don't know, just relating topics back to one another because uh, part of the way I'll even start a conversation is after I have like the the opening questions to, you know, uh, break the ice more or less. Anytime I get them talking, I wait for them to tell me, you know, whatever their, whatever their bit is, whatever it is. And I try to find a way to relate to literally whatever it is. And uh, it, that is, that like, is a good way to do that. We used to have this thing in high school. We would say full circle where it was like, we would just, oh, it's full circle. We've come back yeah, full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, that comes from like sitcoms, like uh, like in Seinfeld or like Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something like that. Like the plot always starts in one place with one character and then the next character will have a completely separate storyline, but they'll meet at the end and it becomes full circle. That actually, uh, I started watching that show The League again. And I think it's funny after that full circle thing, Whenever I watch shows, I can, you can kind of see it building to like the full circle. So it's like the whole time it's like it's a sixteenth of the way there, you know, it's almost there. But I know what's I know what's gonna happen. Right, it's building up a puzzle, and um, yeah, it's it's cool that way. I mean, I like shows that do that. I don't know if that's just like a. Have you seen Curb Your Enthusiasm at all? That show does that really good. Uh, oh man, that kind of rings a bell. It's basically uh, Larry David, the guy who wrote, like, or I guess he co-wrote Seinfeld. He like mm-hmm. is he's 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 just the biggest shit, basically, and everything that could go wrong, like, will go wrong with his life, and he just like it, he just becomes like the, like the most hated, unlikable person. But it's really really funny that he goes through all these awful situations. It's it's like like in Seinfeld, you know how everyone's kind of the bad guy, like they're all kind of bad in their own way. It's in this show, it's just like Larry's the one bad bad aspect and everyone just kind of craps on him you know jerry seinfeld is like if not the richest movie star like one of the richest movie stars ever that's ever lived wait really what is he even what movies has he even been in it, it's just like seinfeld was or well movie star tv show like he's one of the biggest actors ever like oh okay paid. and yeah. i guess because of seinfeld like when you look up like richest actor he's always like one of the first people if not the first person <laughs> to come up and when people ask him about it he's like you didn't know I was on Seinfeld, but <laughs> Seinfeld is number one. It was the number one sitcom in America, in the world. It was on NBC. <laughs> exactly. I was an NBC yeah. star. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Jerry Seinfeld, but I feel like he's a cock in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I would love to meet. I, I had someone ask me the other day, like, have you ever met any famous people in real life? And uh, I really don't think I have. But I always hear these stories about all these people, like especially people I think would be really cool to meet, just being a total asshole in real life. <laughs> well, I like I, I don't know. I was watching this like Larry King interview, and Larry King is just the poor old man who was just like he knows who Jerry Seinfeld is, but he was like, "Oh, did they uh, did they make you stop, or did you do you want to stop the show?" And he's like, he's like, "No," I, he's like, "They don't make you stop." He's like, "I could have kept going for five more seasons." And he's like, he was just like, do you know who I, he didn't say that, but he was basically, that was the tone of it. Like, do you know who I am? Do you, have you yeah, seen my show? I actually think the entire thing I just said about Jerry Seinfeld came from that clip and that clip alone. I, I saw that <laughs> clip and I said, this is exactly how he is. There's no other piece of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> but then you watch B movie and you think, oh, he's actually a swell fellow, isn't he? You know, that actually makes me think, uh, there's this website. This is, this is kind of off topic. But there's this website, 
and it analyzes uh, movie characters just to say if they're Jewish or not, right? Or like if it's a <laughs> metaphor for, for Judaism. And the whole thing started because uh, oh, what's his name from Star Wars? The the oh Watto, yeah, Jar Jar, yeah. Watto. Hey, your credits are no good. It's like completely obvious his nose is like huge. That's <laughs> like, I did, apparently, when that movie came out, they like got in trouble for making an anti-Semitic character. But according to the website, he's not even Jewish. So who knows? You know? <laughs> you tell me that space alien doesn't practice Judaism. He a hundred percent does. There's no way he doesn't. <laughs> no. Well, the funny thing is, he's he's Jewish, and Jewish people are normally like considered the slaves especially like in a like a you know prehistoric time setting kind of like mm-hmm. the, the the plot or the the you know the, the the planet that they're on or whatever yeah 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 but he's like the slave master he's like the one he's like the one running it you know what i mean he, he flipped the script on him <laughs> <laughs> but I, okay so what i was gonna say though so for this movie about the b movie because it made me think while we're still on the topic uh, <laughs> apparently the whole b movie they make it sound like is a metaphor for uh for like Jews and Jewish families because like you remember their parents are like uh you need a girl that's more uh B or more B-ish or whatever like they, the website's like oh no that's a clear metaphor for them saying you should date a Jewish girl oh my god it's so funny I know I was like I watched this movie one time and I never picked up on that I'm either really stupid or these people are dumb I, do you, it's even funnier he like sues humans at the end of it do you remember that yeah I, I remember like it's just a really weird story because all I remember is like it, in my mind here's what happens it's like uh, B doesn't fit in then somehow falls in love with girl and then they lift up an airplane and there's a lawsuit that's, that's all <laughs> of the B movie in my head <laughs> oh my god that's so funny um yeah oh my lord that made me just die uh Jerry Seinfeld. He apparently there's there was a meme going around that's like the bee like bent over and he's like, "Do you like jazz?" And apparently that's like that's like something Jerry says in like every one of his movies. I could not. I mean, I haven't watched that much, you know, Seinfeld anything, but I cannot imagine Do you like jazz. I can't. I can't imagine <laughs> that like him saying that one time. Well, yeah, that's his. That's his only line. Um, you go to IMDb and that's his first quote. Do you like jazz. I feel kind of dumb now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just... Oh, my just God. On I you. thought you were being 100% serious. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way I've missed that. There's no possible way. No, like, but he does a, say that. He does say that it's a hit on the human woman. That's really kind of weird. <laughs> I, I hate when they try to, like, set up weird romantic <laughs> interest in movies that you just can't see happening. Yeah, I was watching Disenchantment. Have you seen that on Netflix? Mm, rings uh oh is that the the one from the futurama guy yeah 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 um yeah yeah it's like the main not i'm not spoiling anything by saying this but the main lady is like is kind of friend zoning an elf and like the elf like really wants to date the lady and i just don't see it i'm sorry it's just it's like i maybe in like a different context but these two characters should not be together yeah like did uh i don't know if you saw it going around it was some video i saw on you know whatever but they took a clip from some Disney movie called Blank Check, I think is what it was called. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I've seen that movie. I, I haven't seen it. And, like, again, I don't know if I'm spoiling or whatever, but it shows this lady, like, kissing, like, a 10-year-old kid. And he's like, I'll see you again in a few years or whatever. 
it's really really it, like you think like just out of out of like context it would be more appropriate and stuff but the way the way the whole movie is set up is like the lady is some sort of um and i don't think you gotta worry about spoilers it's like a it's like a 90s movie that's on disney plus now <laughs> so like if you want to watch listening it right now that's like these idiots ruined this movie i've been waiting to see it <laughs> The, well the whole movie so the kid like steals a check from like a billionaire who's like uh you know i, I think he's like a bad guy or something I, I watched it when disney plus like kind of first came out um <laughs> and it was like he, he just like stole first of all this kid's stealing a lot of money he wrote like a billion dollars or whatever on this blank check that he had <laughs> and the lady thinks it's like like she's like an fbi agent or something stupid like that and she thinks that there's like something foul at play so she's like gonna try to the kid's like basically uh pretending to be like an adult or he's basically pretending that he has like a dad that's rich instead of him being rich Mm -hmm. and so the kid is kind of dating the lady by saying that she's dating his dad but she's never met the dad so it's really really it's suspicious at first and then like yeah they just take it to the next like 17 levels when like it's at the end of the movie she and he's like he's like well you still give me a chance she's like you're only 10 years old and she like smooches him on the mouth bro (laughs) It's just so weird, bro. I don't know who that passed through to think was a good idea. It is a Disney movie. You would think like, oh, that's too much. Maybe just a kiss on the cheek or kiss on the forehead. That would have been appropriate, you know. No, just kiss him right on the lips, you know. Just get in there. <laughs> just slap Brazzers on the bottom. <laughs> it's disgusting, bro. Gross, bro. Um, did you speaking of did you like Disney Plus? Or yes. Did you like Disney Plus, I should say? I do. Um, I I think it's not as good as something like Netflix for like variety. And and I would almost say now since Netflix has been creating original content for so long, like several years that they Mm -hmm. have like a better original content. But if you're, if you're just wanting to watch, I think if you have kids and like, or if you're like me who has the mental capacity of like a four year old, then you're going to love the Disney like classics that's on there, like the Pixar stuff. And I'm pretty sure all the Marvel movies are on there. So if you're just looking to, turn your brain off and watch action like like fun family action whatever yeah i, I uh, realized how much stuff they had like i watched uh, i rewatched uh the pirates of the caribbean movies not too long ago just because oh uh, yeah that's the only place i can find them uh, but um i kind of felt like when i got it i was excited like oh i can watch all these disney movies and then i watched like a few of the things i wanted to watch <laughs> and i'm like all right well <laughs> That encapsulates <laughs> all I want to see here. I mean, like, The Mandalorian was kind of cool, and um, yeah. I always enjoyed, I think they're called the Silly Symphonies, you know, like the, the old Disney cartoons oh, yeah. from, like, the 40s or whatever? Yeah. Um, I really that is super those. impressive. Uh, there's but, a couple, like, like documentaries, like, older documentaries, like, from the time where, he, where like, Walt Disney's just like, yeah, well, you have to animate a cell, and then we uh, have the background moving, so we have this like super long drawn thing, and then the cell just gets placed on top, and it takes like eighty different cells to produce like one minute of, or not even one minute, eighty different cells to produce like thirty seconds of uh, of a walking animation. Yeah, I don't understand the whole like hand drawn animation thing. That it blows my mind to think about and like i always explain it to people the best i can but you know how <coughs> disney used to reuse scenes from other movies like they'll uh, kind of draw over it but it's similar yeah uh, yeah motion it's, it's mainly like jungle book and robin hood or something like i think a couple of those got and and yeah. snow white they reused a lot of snow white too and like uh i think like 101 dalmatians and like lady and the tramp or maybe it's fox and the hound like they they did some yeah of that. yeah but like yeah. i cannot fathom in my head number one how they do that and number two like 
who who even begins thinking like, oh, we drew these pictures, but we can make this scene look almost like it. So we're just going to draw over. Like, I, <laughs> I don't even begin to fathom it. I guess, and it's one of those things you wouldn't really notice since you only go to the movies in the 40s. Like, you would, you would, you, there's no DVDs. There's no concept of, like, Netflix, obviously. So all you could do is go to the movies, like, once a year or something if there's, like, a new... Uh, just like if you're taking like Disney for example like you just go to the new Disney movie and then probably like two or three years later they'll finish the next one like you won't know you won't remember or have rewatched Snow White enough to know that like the dancing looks exactly the same in both scenes yeah it, it's kind of weird I mean I guess you know with technology and people are able to watch it you know so many times you know that they can notice something like that but, well that's um, kind of a modern idea you know like like rewatching things is kind of a modern idea like, uh, like ever since like VHS's and like DVDs, we kind of have that availability to rewatch. But imagine like you only could watch a movie at the movie theater, and then maybe like television gets invented and it gets played like once or month or something on television. So I was gonna say that makes me um, that kind of makes me think, and kind of leads to a question actually. So uh, on, on YouTube, I was watching you know some video and it was explaining uh, Tarantino's deeper purpose for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Right, and. Uh, they hint on the idea that he thinks, uh, uh, what's her name? Tate. What's, what's her first name? The, oh, uh, Sharon Tate. Yeah, Sharon Tate. He thinks that uh, everything that happened with her, her murders, uh, was kind of like the death of like the golden age of Hollywood. That's kind of like where it started, right? Hmm. And that was yeah. like the decline. And, uh, you know, they kind of say, if I'm not mistaken, isn't like the death of the golden age kind of around the time that TV started taking everything up? They even kind of talk about it in Hail Caesar a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think it was kind of around the same era, probably. So uh, with that being said, do you think that streaming services are bringing almost a new age, like a completely new age in the same way that TV took away, you know, the the hype out of the golden age of of cinema or hollywood or whatever you want to call it uh you know streaming services are doing to i guess whatever age we are currently in i think so i think um especially for television programs like uh you know there were these serials that would play like tarzan and then like stuff that like indiana jones is based on like these like swashbuckling people that would like the end of it would be like they were stuck on the cliff like they were it was a cliffhanger so like if you wanted to see what happened to them that like the next episode of that serial would run in front of the next movie that was playing so mm-hmm. you could watch like the whole season but it would take like several you know different months or whatever and uh when television came out it was just that but on a smaller format so like and they, they kind of did it with radio but radio i'm going to disclude from this conversation just because it's not visual it's not a visual format mm-hmm. um but yeah, a lot of those were were like in like they were kind of spinoffs of radio shows. But basically, honest, when television when came you, out, when you started that, I thought you were talking about radio, the movie, and I was really thrown off. <laughs> okay, but continue, continue, Coach Jones. Coach Jones, <laughs> I, yeah. Oh my god, I love that movie, but for the, all the wrong reasons, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, continue your thought. Continue your thought. Okay, yeah, so it's really cool how, like, it just keeps getting shorter and shorter, right? Like, it, it went from an episode a month or episode every, like, every other time you saw a movie down to an episode a week. And then it was, that was the format for a long time. And then now with Netflix and the, I'm going to call it, like, the binging quality of, like, streaming services, mm-hmm. you know, you get, and it, it wasn't, like, started originally, too. Like, that was, like, when, when original, uh, I guess web series or web shows, they, they just use like traditional releasing formats like every other week, you know? Um, but it was the, it, it was the, 
it was the like going back and watching old shows over and over again like it just in a row mm-hmm. the binging of it right like that that became really um i guess valuable to like a like a newer audience yeah. who doesn't want to wait first of all on a new episode coming out at a specific time because you know we got stuff to do and and we like to have stuff like when we want it like that's our cell phone you know internet knowledge brains we don't have patience to wait another week for something mm-hmm. um and i think that's i think that's where it, what it's kind of saying about us as people is we're kind of getting more impulsive and we want things now i want to watch the whole season now and that's kind of why i really enjoyed the mandalorian and like how they did it once a week mm-hmm. um i thought that was i thought it, i was like oh I, I remember thinking oh it's quaint i'm getting an episode a week it's like the old days <laughs> like i remember yeah. thinking but it's that, not really the old days because you can just watch it whenever and you can just ultimately wait until every episode's out but like if you know if you're if you're really nerdy and stupid like i am and you like and you like the star wars content you know what i mean like like you're gonna watch it as soon as it comes mm-hmm. out so it doesn't get spoiled for you on twitter um uh, i was gonna say cool. it, it kind of makes me wonder where it's going as well because um i mean going back to you know dumb youtube stuff i watched uh you know that crash course thing the the think that's yeah, John the green brother or whatever yeah um well they have one all in cinema history and once you get up to where like the golden age of, of hollywood ends they kind of described it as like there was still you know the major markets or whatever and they would just kind of pump out movies occasionally they'd get a good one but um that kind of started changing when some independent directors came up uh the i think the three mentioned were uh scorsese tarantino and uh the the godfather that was uh coppola right francis ford coppola or yeah, whatever yeah. yeah coppola i don't know how to say his name however you um, say it yeah and they they made it sound like the reason why they got so much fame is because for however many years you know they were just kind of pumping out whatever they could and then occasionally get a good one pump out whatever they could and then occasionally get a good one um and when these independent directors came up uh it really got a new gathering because they were so used to, you know, generic slot being put out and then maybe hitting a gold mine, but they found these people that only had these one or two movies, you know, or just, you know, one movie at the time and they really liked it. And it kind of got like, uh, I don't want to say the idea of a cult following, but, uh, yeah, it just got really beloved. Yeah, totally. Um, and with that being said, I don't think there's a way for, I mean, I guess like there's stuff like YouTube and Twitch and stuff, but that's not so much for like, you know, film or shows that it's, I mean, I guess YouTube could be used for it, but I feel like that's a declining platform just over and over and over. I hate how much ads and stuff are going into it. I think YouTube red's kind of a dumb idea. Um, but it makes me wonder, you know, where, where it's steering to where, how it will be broken in the future. If that is the new age. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like, YouTube, and if you follow like a specific YouTube, like we were talking about PewDiePie earlier, he uploads like daily content. So, uh, you know, you can go back and watch like 10 plus years probably of, maybe not 10, probably like eight years or something of, of PewDiePie. And it, it's it's more content, but it is kind of shorter format. Like it's just 10 minute videos or however long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is kind of more like, it's, it's, it's content. It's not, I wouldn't say it's directly comparable to something like uh, a movie or a television show but there are these people like the paul brothers or like david dobrik or whoever, whoever these like casey neistat for instance mm-hmm. like they have huge budgets for like television show type content but really all they do is blow their budget on like 
you know, like like we were talking about earlier, like, oh, $10,000 Lambo, I'm giving away yeah. a Tesla. I guess we already it's, came so, full circle with this. Yeah. <laughs> full circle, full there it is. circle all the way back to the beginning, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and the full circle comment is actually a full circle comment, so good for oh, us. shit, yeah, that's two and one. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it's it's interesting to think about how uh, people are, it, it's not authentic either. Like it's all fake stuff. It's, you know, it's especially the, the Dobrik and the Paul brothers. Like they, they do really, you know, they just set up punchlines and set up different, like little, you know, places for them to be mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it, it's, 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 it's sort of reality television, but it, I guess it feels more authentic because it's a one person, a lot of the time, one person filming it and editing it and putting it out. Yeah. Um, I guess I feel like that's why I feel like I, if I use YouTube, it's mainly for, you know, informative stuff or just a clip from something else that I want to watch. Cause I think the last like actual series or, you know, channel I was watching religiously on YouTube for lack of a better term is, uh, what's his name? Vsauce. I watched all of Vsauce's mm. stuff up until YouTube read, but I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I needed to pay money to, to watch YouTube. I felt like I'd been, I've had YouTube long enough. And they're not going to flip the script and say, well, now here's all your favorite content, but you have to pay to see it after you've been watching it free for however long. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I, I watched hey, all your stuff. Vsauce. It was good content, but hey, yeah. Vsauce, it's your money here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do like him a lot. I think he's super, um, he's super, the way he talks is like very inviting, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, I don't know. It's, it's super cool content. And the way he like transitions from topic to topic as well is super cool um have you i think the first episode of a show is free have you, have you watched the first episode or any of the episodes of a sh- like youtube no, show I, I literally watched like you know all of the, the free videos he has and before all of the things before youtube red started and then as soon as it happened i just wallowed in anger <laughs> <laughs> he like there's an episode where um these like chimps are doing math essentially and they're not even really doing math. I think it's more like they're they're tapping buttons on a screen, but they get treats while they do it. So like they, it's a it's it's basically memorization. I think so. Like it's cool because they have way better like uh, like instant photographic memory than we do as like mm-hmm. humans. Like our brains are more focused on like the long term or you know speaking or just using technology or these different things that are our brains are good for and they're they specialized for. But these apes are like really good about like seeing something and instantly like memorizing like here was here was one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and they can tap the different like sequence of buttons and they can get treats for it and it's really really interesting, but at the same time I'm I'm a little bit afraid of chimps and where where they where they could possibly go. Yeah, I um, man, I, I don't want to say you know I, I don't want to get into the whole you know what science I'm I'm into what science I'm not into. But there's definitely some studies that they kind of creep me out once they start going a certain road, like um, genetic modifications and stuff like that. Like if it ever, in fact, even uh, biotics, like you know, they they hook up sensors to people's brains and let them, you know, move limbs and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in fact, I think we were talking about it before. Uh, I don't like the idea of anything rooting around or, or reading in my brain. That's like getting into some black mirror stuff, <laughs> and I don't want to play around with it. Elon Musk is working on like a neural neural something neural link I think is what it's called it's like a chip in your brain and I'm pretty sure the other day he like tweeted out from his brain because it said like like on the tweet it said like via neural link so if you could just tweet imagine like the shit that you think and how crazy and goofy it is yeah and like, then oops 
accidentally tweeted it. Exactly. Like that's kind of uh, you know, there's the whole argument for is is the NSA or whatever modern too much, and the people say, you know, oh well, I don't care. I'm not a criminal, so they can read whatever I want to. If half the shit that went through my head was just public news, <laughs> I would be, you know, Saddam Hussein right now. It would be bad news bears. <laughs> like, I'm not making it sound like I'm some monster or anything, hopefully, but I definitely do not want anyone even having the potential to have access to, to my personal thoughts because they're my personal thoughts and that's where they belong. Imagine like when we're getting like to be like eighty or ninety or whatever, we're gonna have like people like politicians on the on the TV like, call me old fashioned, but you shouldn't be reading my thoughts on this on this Neuralink app. Hell yeah, vote for him, save America. <laughs> I don't know what's super scary to me in in class. We used to talk about like the different like. Um, schools of thought about the world and stuff like it used to be like traditionalism which is like you know something's the truth because god told you it was the truth and then it became like modernism you know or whatever like there's a couple different things like it's the truth because you can see it and observe it that's why it's the truth and then it's like postmodernism. your truth is different than my truth and then we're going to get to a like a hive mind like the next basically the next worldview we can have is just like everyone has the same opinion at the same time we're all basically linked to one big hive mind and for some reason that really freaks me out like imagine that you're not like really a unique individual anymore you're just kind of part of like a like like for instance like b movie you're just like part of a i don't that's not really that's not really applicable but (laughs) imagine you're like a b and you just kind of serve the queen like you just serve the one hive that freaks me the crap out that's that's one of the few genres of horror that really freak me like uh like you know kind of the, the guy wakes up in a town and everything seems super perfect almost too perfect but he's the one person that's out of place like uh why is this like this and they're like oh we just live here and we're super happy together you know like mm. he's the the one problem that's like one of the genres that freaks me out like uh i, I don't know yeah that that hive mind type thing like uh kind of like the song um rush or, or 2112 by rush you ever heard that song yeah i love rush yeah, so, so you know how in that, you know, he's like the man that finds the guitar, but they're like, no, we already decided what we're going to think, and uh, we don't need music, <laughs> so get out of here, you know? Yeah, or yeah. a much sillier example, you can have Footloose, where Kevin Bacon is just trying to dance, and the whole town does not want him to dance, damn it. <laughs> no, I rewatched that movie the other day, <laughs> and I kind of wonder how it gained so much popularity. Like, what, what uh- happened for people to be that. <laughs> I watched it with my mom at one point and she was like it, it probably came out when she was like I don't know 20 or 25 or 30 or whatever mm-hmm. and like it was just that scene where Kevin Bacon's just like dancing in the bar and it goes on for like 20 <laughs> minutes bro and she's and she was like oh this is probably goofy for you like I bet you don't think this is cool and I was like yeah you got that right yeah all I can see when I see it is is, is uh, Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers like oh i love bob's burgers man i haven't seen that show in a while but it's such a good show uh actually uh they just started putting on new episodes i think there's three in right now yeah they brought up episode three i think it's every thursday it's coming out now on hulu are they tackling quarantine stuff i feel like they I feel like I saw something where they're doing like like they're all masked up and they're doing like deliveries or something. No, I don't remember that. They have oh. uh, uh, one thing I'm really impressed with with that show is it's a it's a good balance of um, 
I, I want to say they never do anything, you know, too, um, maybe risque is the term I'm looking for. Like, you know, sometimes like American Dad or Family Guy or Rick and Morty, they'll intentionally push boundaries just to get almost like a shock factor out of the audience and it gets a certain group. Yeah, 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 for but sure. Bob's Burger is like, they maybe tackle tackle some like PG subjects, but it's still a very entertaining and great show without them pushing anything too insane, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. It's it's almost more like I wouldn't I wouldn't call it like PG humor or PG thirteen humor. It's more just like, well, I don't know. I guess PG thirteen because Family Guy will do some R stuff. I mean, d- depending on who you are, like some of their humor is just it isn't funny unless you hear them curse on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But I, I really hate when shows, even Rick and Morty in this last season, started doing that. They could just kind of go for a shock factor because it's like, oh, this is inappropriate to talk about. So. uh you know, it'll make a few people laugh or be shocked. And right. Watch it. It'll just make you uncomfortable. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure South Park does that too. South Park like relishes and just like making people super uncomfortable, especially with the newer, newer seasons. Like I remember, um, there was the episode, they were making fun of family guy, but it was, it was like, it, they were, they were like, it was Bart Simpson. He's like, Oh, I, I took the head off a statue. What'd you do? And he's like, I, I killed a kid and fed him his parents. How about that? <laughs> it's like, we get it. You're, you're edgy, you know, calm down. I definitely get where they do that. However, I will say for South Park, what I do, uh, really appreciate about them is even though they will make, uh, the audience uncomfortable, you know, sometimes we'll go for a shock factor. I feel like they bring a lot of really solid opinions to, um, uh, some controversial points yeah they do um and i think matt stone and trey parker i think they're i think they're super good about using their specific medium like like i saw the book of mormon and it was like it was really interesting it had this really meta kind of com commentary about religion and and just kind of like being part of a group and and kind of hive mind kind of stuff like we were talking about mm-hmm. and but it was also like really smart but it was like it had the stupidest characters and it was like the dumbest fart humor but it was like really telling a story and south park really the same way and uh you, you know I, I think I, I i i still think that they put out pretty good stuff um but it, i think they just go a little too far a lot of the time i don't know maybe that's just me i think they're i think they they kind of shock to shock for for sometimes yeah like uh there's some stuff like i remember i i was thinking like man i don't know if this really turned some heads but uh, there's that one episode where uh, Butters disappears and they think his parents killed him or whatever. And oh, yeah. At the very end, it like closes in on O.J. Simpson's face and like, uh, you know, the, the parents of John JonBenet Ramsey and stuff. And every time it's like, because you're a liar. And every time they say liar, it like closes in on them. It's like, it's a murderer. And it like closes in on one of their faces. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, Whoa. They, they don't even care on that one. They're just going <laughs> hardcore with it. I don't, and like the lim, all the stuff with Lemmy Winks really made me uncomfortable. Where he was in the gay guys like colon. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it actually. But for some of the stuff, the shock factors though, it does bring up a really solid opinion. Like, um, I was in. <laughs> this is a really stupid one. It was a really stupid episode. But I'm friends with a guy named uh, Malcolm Scott. Right, he's uh, one of my buddies from the Navy thing. Right, and and part of what he thinks is funny is he's um half black half mexican and he's always just like what you know you don't like me because i'm black he can just just you know making me feel uncomfortable or whatever right (laughs) yeah but one day in the middle of class he draws you remember the episode of south park the flag from it the how they're all trying to change the flag 
<laughs> yes, I do remember out of that. My notebook. I'm like, you're gonna oh get God. me kicked out of the military, guy. You need to calm down. He's like, and he starts giving me the whole steal. He's like, what? What? You think that's racist? No, you're the one that's racist because you looked at that and thought it was racist. I'm like, oh my God. And he explained the whole thing. I never even remembered that. I'm like, I guess that is a solid point, but you need to calm down. Guys. You need to calm down with that. That's great. It's almost like the Louis C.K. bit. Like, he is saying the word, but he's making you think about, you know, like, the, the repercussions of not saying the word. It's this whole thing. That makes me think, do you like Dave Chappelle? Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. I I started watching, like, as much of his stuff as I could find, and I really might think he might be one of, if not, if not the best, you know, com- stand-up comedian, one of the best, like, easily. Because yeah. I'm really impressed with the way that uh, I like I like his comedy. He does good comedy. I feel like he kind of balances his position to where he's not pandering, you know, too too much. And I also feel like he has a way of bringing solid points into his his comedy that make you think. I think the and this wasn't even really a stand up bit. It was when it was the night of the election, the 2016 election, where Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. Like the like everyone on that stage, however how you feel about Trump is whatever. But like Saturday Night Live is supposed to make you laugh and like you know everyone i feel like it was there was a weird mood when you watched that episode because like everyone in new york didn't really care for that or whatever we don't have to get into it but you know dave Chappelle came out and he was like give him a chance he was like (laughs) he hadn't done anything yet just give him a chance and that was such a fresh opinion you know because everyone's Mm -hmm. been crap everyone was crap talking forever and and everything like that and he and he was the one person i heard of that was just like oh give him a chance let him let him do it like he got elected fair and square like the country elected him so just give him a chance like you know the, and and then like in one of his newer specials he's like they made me look like an idiot because they, <laughs> they sang like they sang hallelujah really slow at the end he's like oh i thought someone died he's like he's like they made me look stupid oh man yeah he cracks me up <laughs> he cracks me up so much i've uh <laughs> I've quit watching Saturday Night Live as much. I feel like before it was really hit or miss skits. And uh, I don't get, you know, super into politics or anything. But I feel like the last few times I've tried to watch it, it's been like all of their bits have been almost entirely political based. And maybe it's because I don't follow that closely, but they just weren't that funny to me. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's kind of the opinion of everybody. Like, and it's a New York show, so all the humor's got to be snobby and kind of up and like. And what's really cringy to me, there was a, you probably didn't see it, but there was a, a skit where they were doing like Fortnite dances or something. It was kind of a while ago, but Ugh. it really turned me off because I was like, oh yeah, so let's just put it on for background noise or whatever. Like I'll get a chuckle out of at least like the weekend update maybe or, you know, whatever, whatever, stu- like there's some skits that are just so stupid or like uh-huh. sometimes the guest is really cringy. Like Lindsay Lohan was on and she was, that was, that was a while ago too. Anyway, I'm, I'm using all these dated references cause I haven't watched it in probably like, <laughs> like a year or something. Yeah. But, but there was like this bit where they were like, oh yeah, my son, it wasn't even about like making fun of Fortnite or like the culture behind it or like the kids who are super, super into it. It was just like. I'm a dad and I'm playing Fortnite and like it had like real life people doing Fortnite poses and stuff and it was really it was really really cringy you know I used to think you know I mean because everyone you know at some point in time in their life it's like oh it'd be cool to be famous I think and I always used to think like the the two things I used to think would be really cool to be honest like it'd be super cool to host Saturday Night Live like I, I that used to be like one of my things I'd think I'm like when and if you know I ever make it I'm big you know people people know you know the name keegan jimerson i'm gonna want to be on saturday night live that and it was uh you know one of the talk shows like uh who did who did fallon take over for uh oh he took over for like leno or 
I think it was Leno. Yeah, it was Jay Leno. Okay. Okay. And I think Jay Leno took over for Letterman. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I think but, the only person that matters in late night is Conan O'Brien. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was really in when when Fallon first took over. I was really really into to watching Fallon stuff. I thought he was funny. And then when people started pointing out his like fake laugh and stuff, then I looked into it a little more. And then <laughs> I, I watched uh, a video talking about like what Eric Andre, like what his brand of comedy is and talking about how pointless the ideas of, of late night shows are. <laughs> and man, I really kind of started to, to look down on a lot of the late night stuff. I love Eric Andre like, like too much. Honestly, I think his comedy is so, it's so <laughs> stupid and it's so like, I would hate if I ran into Eric Andre, you know what I mean? Like I would hate to be on the street yeah, where he's like doing a skit. Horrible. It would be so terrible, but he's so funny. There. So it's dumb. so good it's so dumb we saw him in huntsville we saw him at stand-up live in huntsville and he like he, he brought two audience members up on stage and made them drink ranch dressing he made them chug <laughs> ranch dressing and then, and then when they won one of the dudes won what it was like it was like a really old guy and kind of a younger guy and the younger guy just like drank the whole bottle of ranch dressing and um <laughs> the poor old guy was like of over calories <laughs> too many calories like <laughs> Eric Andre is going to be sued for giving that man a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I don't know, man. I mean, ranch doesn't have, well, ranch is actually pretty bad for him, sure. You know, it's like one <laughs> teaspoon per bottle of, as a serving. Exactly. It's like you're chugging thing. a bottle of vegetable oil. Like, there's no way it's good. <laughs> a little bit's, you know, not great, but a whole bottle? Imagine throwing up a whole bottle of ranch dressing. <laughs> That physically made me shudder. Dude. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, but he's—I mean—he's a funny stand-up, but like just the sheer amounts of stupidity that happens on his show, and the fact that Hannibal Burris is like his hype man, like the guy behind him, is so funny to me. I uh, what I don't get is I watch the show like on Hulu, and there's a few like hit or miss spots. I'm never laughing the entire show. It's just there's some really weird, goofy stuff. But I watched just a, a comp, a compilation of some of the ranchers, like the the thing with the car sales. You know what I'm talking about? Or he walks in and like the two men stacked in a coat. He has the massive trench coat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And the guy's yeah, like, yeah. The guy's like, I, I don't sell you. I don't. I won't sell you. <laughs> that and then the one that really, really cracked me up. It was a nine second clip, and and you know you might be able to find it if you look for it. But he just walks up to this lady on the street. He's like, hey, uh, he's like, hey, tell me what you think about this. And he has like a fake scalp on. He starts scalping himself. He's going, ah! ripping his scalp off. <laughs> and she freaks out and runs away. And I died <laughs> laughing. It just went zero to a thousand so fast. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, my favorite part is when he'll like have a guest on that doesn't really know what his show is. And he'll just like continue to mess with them, screw them. Oh, yeah. The best thing ever is like I think it's um, it's 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 like a it's the, it's the Asian lady I think it's the porn star lady I can't remember what her name uh, is. I don't want to admit it, but it's Kira. <laughs> I believe to see your trying to name. You know what I'm talking? It's they're like eating yeah. something and then like some like fat lady comes out of the audience and just starts like smacking Hannibal Burris. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. She's like, dude. I'm not paying for your kids. Those are your kids. She takes her hair off and slaps. Them. <laughs> what I was confused about was when I first started watching, I was trying to get a feel for the show, and they had like the first guest star, and I'm like, oh, you know that's him, and then the second guy, I'm like. 
that doesn't look like him. There's no way that's him. <laughs> and for the first, like, the next three episodes, I'm like, I'm not sure if that's, you know, actually them or not. I just haven't seen them in forever, and I didn't bother to Google it. And then they pulled out, they said, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then some fat guy in a motorized scooter just skirting around the fucking stage. I'm like, okay, I get the joke now. I see what you did. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Have you, do you ever watch Comedy Bang Bang? Uh no, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it though. It's pretty funny. There, he'll he'll do blatant stuff like that. He'll be like, "Oh, here's my guest," and he'll have like a really kind of like low tier guest or something. Like he'll just have like a B minus celebrity on, mm-hmm. and then he'll be like, "And we got you know uh, Jerry Seinfeld," or, and he'll just have like some somebody crappy in a suit come out and be like, eh, <laughs> the, "You know, he'll, yeah." Like it's it's the same thing. Every 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 second guest on the show is like fake, and it's just somebody <laughs> doing a bit. Have you um? There's a show my sister was telling me about, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's this girl. I think she's on YouTube, and she has virtually uh, no sense for you know pop culture, who people are or whatever. And the whole bit is they bring someone on super famous, and she has no idea who they are. I mean, as far as the show's concerned, you know, who knows if it's staged or whatever. Right. And it's like you have to guess who I am based on, you know – I'll tell you little bits and hints about me, but they bring on some really big guests. Like, uh, who was the the mom from Modern Family? Not not Sophia Vergara, the blonde haired one. Oh, uh... Bo Bowden something Bowden. I very specifically remember her having like it's part of their hint. She had like a bow with her, and then like oh. had had like rocks or something on the but it was some hint for a name i don't remember the whole context but they're trying to get a guess <laughs> i think like even Anne hathaway went on there at one point saying like do you know who i am or whatever it's kind of funny oh. watching some of them because they almost seem a little bit like offended more or less right, like right like how do you not i was know in batman yeah did you, yeah did you see interstellar do you know that's i'm the lady from that do you know it's like no no one cares <laughs> interstellar was a bad movie and i don't care who you are I thought Interstellar had so much potential, bro. I was like, oh, like, the, like up until the part where it, it didn't flip to me, where it was like a completely bad. I know some people hate it. Some people didn't get it or they hate it or whatever. But I thought, like, I just think that guy, the director, like of those movies, like the um, the Christopher Nolan. I think he's like super overrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's just a dude, bro, who's like, whoa, what if it would be cool if like he went into a dimension and like it was in the past or something? Like, I feel like that's his whole. I feel like that's his whole like process for making a movie like it's really good stuff too like don't, don't get me wrong but uh-huh. even like the batman movies are super well made but it's just like some of the concepts for his movies are like either really dated or it's just really like stoner bro concepts you know what i mean yeah no i'll actually say two things on that i'll say for one interstellar i've still never seen the movie because i have no desire to i still you know get the general gist of the idea and you know, maybe you can't it's call science. it bad if you haven't seen it. I can definitely call it bad if I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen, you know, half of Adam Sandler stuff. But still, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to watch it. I haven't seen the Ridiculous Six all the way through, and I refuse to watch that movie. I'm going to acknowledge that it's bad before I even try to watch it. Okay, um, fair. And then number two, I was going to. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't even finished at that point. The the whatever <laughs> backward science, and I know I'm not a physicist or whatever, but I will not accept this as real science. Time moves as time. There's not a, oh, I'm in one spot and you're in another, so time is moving differently, et cetera, et cetera. I won't buy into that. That's, that seems garbage. I don't understand it, and I'm not going to rack my brain trying to watch it. <laughs> number two. No, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of based in fact before you get on to number two. It's, it's like the gravity thing, right? Like, 
like if gravity is negative gravity then you could possibly go back in time right uh i don't think so no i I have absolutely no no belief in the idea of time travel whatsoever or the fact that time moves differently in fact i think we were messaging one day and you brought up the point that I, i felt really really strongly about like i agreed with the whole idea of and maybe you changed your view since then but you know the thing that's like uh, if I'm if I'm here versus if I'm here, regardless, five minutes passed or whatever. I, I don't yes. think that affects the way anyone ages or anything. Five minutes is five minutes, regardless. And you know, I don't I don't know you know who listens to this. Maybe there's some master physicist that listens to this, and, and he's going to get angry and be like, "This guy's stupid. He doesn't know anything." I will not accept that science. That's not something I'm going to buy into. <laughs> well, no, it's. I think if you're on a different planet, that's the whole Einstein thing. The E equals MC squared. It's, it's based in the fact that gravity affects time differently. So, like, if there's not as much gravity, then time goes slower. I think, or maybe if there's more gravity, time goes faster. It's some, something like that. I think that's been proven, though. I think that's like a like a proven science. Uh, sham science is what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm not buying into that. Albert Einstein, more like quack. <laughs> great fun, great fun. <laughs> that was not fun. I know. What were you going to say? I interrupted you. What was your second thing, second point? Oh, I was going to say for uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, I haven't watched that much of his stuff. I don't like superhero movies that much either. So, uh, you know, I haven't seen all the Batman stuff. But what blew my mind about Nolan was I was watching some stuff on the best practical effects. And in that last Batman movie he made with Bane, that was the last one he made, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. The the way they shot that airplane thing at the, the very beginning, they all literally did that. There was really a plane hanging off of a plane and people diving from one plane to the other and blowing up the fuselage and, and letting it drop from thousands of feet up in the air. And that's that nuts, bro. Mind. Yeah, that's insane to think about. Like, that's dedication. That must have been so freaking expensive. I bet the studio hated him for that. <laughs> exactly. It's like, great, we're going to have to play uh, royalty-free music the rest of the film because you <laughs> wanted to blow up an airplane. It just, it's Batman and a sock puppet the rest of the movie. <laughs> it would have made it better, bro. I would have loved that if it's just greedy, dark Batman, but he's like a sock puppet. <laughs> Literally, like, they don't alter the plot at all. It's just still the same thing. They still have their, their prop budget and their, their stunt budget set aside, so they're still doing crazy fucking stunts with the, the sock puppet, but still. It just Bane picks up the sock puppet, it's just some dude's hand, and he like breaks the dude's hand over his knee. <laughs> <laughs> they they hire one of the voice actors from the Muppets, so Bane is like a little Kermity every time he speaks. <laughs> I could do impressions. I tried to sing Rainbow Connection in, in a Bane voice, but but I can't. The Rainbow so. Connection. I dude, I hated his voice when it first happened when I first saw that movie. Uh-huh. But as time went on, it's like the most memorable thing about the whole movie. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's all I remember from the Batman movies is specifically <laughs> that, and that's all. Oh man, um, I wanted to ask you about movies. So, uh, what do you think the movie that affected you the most is? I was going to ask you that earlier, but I, I I was trying to think about mine too, like the most affecting movie, mm-hmm. and it's got to be something like scary. I think like Gremlins is the most like the most the movie that's had the most effect on me, and simply because this is going to get big brained here, but just stay with me, okay. like. It's, it's one of those movies where I was like, why does this scare me? You know what I mean? I was probably like nine or ten. I was like fourth grade, however old that is. Mm-hmm. And they played it at school. I don't know if you know. It's 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 like really big Gremlins trivia that 
it was pg because the the rating system hasn't switched over to it was just like g pg and r basically yeah and that gremlins and that movie and i think one of the indiana jones movies like made the made the people like say oh there needs to be like an in-between because it can be too strong for kids but also not strong enough for like an r rating you know um Mm -hmm. and so it's still got a pg rating and we watched it in like fourth grade and it's like terrifying if you're if you're like a child you know all these like little young these little small small monsters are like terrorizing people and like ripping out electronics and Mm -hmm. i don't know uh but i remember like renting it from the um the library like the next year or something i remember being oh i'm so scared of this like why why am i so scared of it like i i I sat down and tried to analyze like you know oh oh, it's maybe not actually that scary like some of these parts are just kind of funny and it's kind of goofy maybe the whole thing is like and that kind of got me to a point where you know i i I analyze movies more i think about how movies affect me more and that kind Mm -hmm. of i think that's my answer for that reason What, what about you what do you think um you know, I was trying to think of like effect because I, I was trying to think of a, a movie that shaped me as a person and, and nothing really like uh, just stuck out to me. Like I watched this and I'm like, oh, I, I need to be like this guy. Granted, you know, there's a lot of cool characters and stuff. Um, but, you tell me you didn't model yourself after uh, <laughs> you t- you didn't model yourself. I'm trying to think of the stupidest thing I could say. You didn't model yourself after um, Pete, was, was that Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> Yeah, you didn't watch Pee Wee's Big Herman and, and want to be Pee Wee Herman for the rest of your life? I'm more of a Mr. Bean guy myself. That's what I was really shooting for. Oh, okay. Life. Yeah. Uh, Did you apparently, <laughs> apparently Mr. Bean is like an alien or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> like that ridiculous movie Coneheads. Screw that movie, dude. <laughs> no, I love Coneheads. It's the best. <laughs> it's just so stupid, bro. It made me lose respect for Dead Aykroyd. <laughs> Um, as far as movies that affected me, <laughs> I would say, um, I mean, probably I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback <laughs> off of what you were talking about. And there's, there's two, two movies that I could say that would kind of stand out. Um, and I think it was when I first started realizing that, um, I was kind of like watching more movies. I wanted to watch a little bit more and I wanted to find what I liked, um, I think what the movie that really started that was when I was watching Django Unchained. I mm. I really it stuck out as like I like this and it was almost kind of like why do I like this type thing and I was actually hanging around uh you and your brother a lot at the time and you guys knew a lot about movies and a lot about directors and stuff and um I I think with that I was like okay I want to get more versed in this stuff. And it kind of made me realize the types of movies I liked. I realized that I really liked him as a director for one, and I liked, you know, the type of films I liked, whether it's excessively violent or a little bit cheesy or what. Um, I think that's one movie that I could say. And another one would be uh, a lot of people knock older movies because they want uh, fancy graphics. They want, you know, big this and big that. Um, And I remember going back and watching Big Trouble Little China, and being really impressed with the movie. I was very, very happy with uh, Big Trouble in Little China and thinking, like, people need to give this movie a shot, especially afterwards, trying to be like, you guys need to watch this. Sure, it's a little bit cheesy, but I think it's good. It's kind of goofy. It's funny. I like Kurt Russell. Just check this movie out. And nobody wants to watch a lot of those older movies specifically because of the way they look. And I think that made me realize my appreciation for... uh, you know, I don't need to just watch movies that are coming out in theaters. There's uh, 
I would like to watch a lot of the originals, you know, stuff that, whether it has a cult following or it's an original thing that a lot of other movies took ideas from, I, I want to see those because I have more appreciation than, or for those than movies that are, are ripping off and taking things from it. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, and obviously I said Gremlins was mine, so like that's the biggest practical effect movie in the world. Like they have one one shitty scene of like, you know, some like uh, claymation graphics or whatever, and that's like the only thing crazy in, in that movie. But yeah, I, I agree. And and um, we were talking about The Thing last night, the John Carpenter Thing movie. That's another Kurt Russell with just like really cool practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um I think yeah, I don't there's something to like something on screen that like a newer like CGI type thing wouldn't really capture. I remember I was watching the newer Jurassic World movie um and it was it was the scene have you seen the newest one like the it's like the I think it's called Fallen Kingdom. No, I I What was the <laughs> one not, where there was the the rich people auction? I think that was the last one. Yeah, I yeah. Like, was that, that it? That's it, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a part where this little girl goes into like the lab and like they're watching Chris Pratt on like a computer screen playing with like baby raptors, and it just bugged the crap out of me. I don't know, it like it was just like a cinema sin thing, obviously, because it was just nitpicky, basically. But I remember thinking like he's not looking at the dinosaur; he's that's, looking over the dinosaur. That's literally exactly what I was about to say for why some CGI, like especially when a main character is is CGI, like. Uh, what was Ted CGI? I imagine yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I was like, what the? I mean, I, it blew my mind if he wasn't. But I was sitting there thinking in my head, I'm like, Mark Wahlberg is literally talking to nothing this entire movie. This is, I mean, this is literally just like Fight Club, but a little <laughs> bit funnier. <laughs> I, 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 don't I don't know. I can't. I can't say if there wasn't like someone in the suit or something. Maybe like I know for the Guardians movies like the raccoon is just like the director's brother in a green screen in a green screen like suit like a mocap suit yeah um, but but I don't I, I don't for whatever reason I don't think Ted was green screen I think he was just a he was just like put in in post like fully yeah and I don't know that kind of breaks my immersion to think about but like I don't know I, I even have a, a respect for even if a haunted house or a haunted house is a little bit cheesy you know with it's it's random effects and stuff I kind of will get you know, a little creeped out in the environment and stuff, even though they're not great effects, you know, just from some of the stuff they have. Like, I, I remember one of the, the cooler haunted houses I go to when I'm talking about practical effects was uh, you're walking through this little thing, and this might have been Sloss <laughs> Furnace, but they have a, um, a fog machine going. And with the fog machine, they have a laser, like, you know, they have like almost like a laser heart to where it's kind of like a flat laser. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was laying horizontally and the whole thing was like a swamp and it was based off of like the original monster so it's supposed to be like the creature from the black lagoon type deal so when you're oh. walking through your waist down since it's foggy and the lasers there you can see everything above but if you go underneath it almost looks like you're walking through you know like some murky water and huh. i was like oh that's a really cool effect and i dipped my head under and sure enough as soon as i did there's a bunch of people in you know like the black lagoon costumes <laughs> like lurking underneath and i'm like that's a really cool effect that scared the fuck out of me because I, <laughs> I, I put my head down and like, I was not expecting, I just, I figured they were just doing that for, you know, aesthetic or whatever. That, that was one of the times I was truly, really freaked out at one of those haunted house things, but that's so cool. Like how, uh, ingenuitive they have to be for stuff like that. Yeah, man. And it's, it's kind of a shame that there's only stuff like that. It like, you know, haunted houses for one, and it's only around a certain time of the year, but like, 
I would say Disneyland is probably or Disneyland or like Universal like theme parks are the only other type of experience you can get like that where it's like they have to really think about like how to make this fake thing become real you know what I mean and um, I wish there was more I don't know like I don't know I was thinking about this the other day actually I was thinking like there should be a haunted house like all year round but maybe not scary like imagine there's like a like an alien abduction experience or something I guess that would be kind of scary too so that wouldn't uh, be the best thing but you know I mean even like uh, maybe uh, uh, people are into escape rooms like maybe if there was just kind of like a a spookier themed escape room because most of them are just like you're locked in a room get out you know as a little bit of a like oh you're in a jail cell or you're in a mental ward but it's all the same thing it's you're you're in a cell get out like yeah that's true that's or like it's it's almost like a there's a serial killer who's locked you in the room and you got to get out before he gets here or whatever um yeah but i was gonna say like if they had it going year round and granted it would probably have to be an amusement park because that's the only tech place people go to look for these things like you don't just yeah. go drive down to the local roller coaster. You know, the, the roller coaster would be at an amusement park. <laughs> you know? But haunted houses are really, they're, they're a lot of the time they're by themselves. And it's just kind of like, it's so unique of, of an experience, you know, like you don't have like a Christmas house where you go and there's like Santa Claus just like jumping out at you every time. Yeah. It's just a specifically October thing. Really, they don't even pop up before October. I mean, I think um, in Florence where I used to live, there was one kind of close to there that would do like a Valentine's Day one. So it was like, it would just be you and your date, so it's only a two-person walkthrough, um, and they would just do like, they would. I think it would be a smaller, uh, obviously a smaller house because it was only two people getting scared the whole time. But they would do two people, um, you know, the experience, and then like it would be the next two people filtered through. And it was kind of like a date thing, so they they geared it more for like Valentine's instead of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But that's the only two times of year they're open. I'm pretty sure. So it's. It got me. It got me thinking. Like there should be more. I don't know. Like or like maze situations. Like I love mazes. <laughs> I think there should be more, like year round mazes. Yeah, I uh, I can't say I've done that many mazes. I think I've done a handful of corn mazes in my entire life, but that's it. Yeah, and I always feel kind of like childish and, and kitty whenever you go. Um, I don't know if I'm just like, I like again, like I said, I have a four year old brain, so like I really like stuff like that. I love like physical attractions to stuff and almost more like experiences like even like experiences to me are worth paying for something over like a physical item or like whatever but like that would be something fun to do just like oh yeah there's a new there's a new corn maze or maybe they they shape the corn maze different this year so we got to go see but that's again like a like an october thing so i don't know been to one of those uh they do them at churches and i don't know if they do them everywhere in the world or maybe you know just because churches are uh, a real you know we live in the relative bible belt but you know yeah. those church things that's uh, it's almost like a haunted house you go through where you follow some guy or some kid and he dies and then he goes to hell because he did something bad. You yeah, know what I'm talking no, about? I, I've been to a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, those uh, those come up around Christmas or Halloween. Like thinking in my head, I, I can't remember because they kind of crammed together. Uh, I think they were Halloween-ish. The last the last few that I, I haven't been to one in a couple of years, but. I do. I specifically remember one that was um, really awkward. It was, it was this kid who uh, masturbated or something. Like he was masturbating, oh, and uh, he was looking at pornography, and that was a big theme. That was like the theme of it. And so the devil was like 
<laughs> they went to hell which is just like the church basement and it was just like the devil was like trying to give him porn and he was like no I don't want it now and he's just like watch this porn kid all of eternity you will be watching Brazilian fart porn for the rest of the day <laughs> no I hate Brazilian fart porn do you have any Mongolian fart porn by chance Oh man, that's like the difference. Like it pans up, and it's like a bunch of clouds, like heavy, and there's just a bunch of Mongolians farting everywhere. <laughs> that's the difference between the two. <laughs> Roll credits. There we go. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think we'll top that. So thank you so much for coming on, Keegan. I appreciate you. Is there is there anything you want people to follow you on? Do you have like any social media you want to follow, or do you have anything you want to shout out? Maybe uh no i uh i appreciate it being on maybe you can have me again sometime i uh i like the conversation man yeah you know i really got through like three of my questions i was going to ask you so we'll have to do it again because i've got this list of things to ask you yeah for sure if you uh you know anytime man (laughs) hey what a great episode of the podcast thanks again to keegan for stopping by and thank you for listening to it if you've enjoyed it you can consider uh rating it or reviewing it just wherever you're listening to it at um, you can even send it to your friends and see if they like it. They might. Who knows? You haven't you haven't sent it to them yet. You don't know. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to support me even more, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at MileVanilla. I haven't really started my Instagram or Facebook or anything like that up yet, so don't worry about that. Just Twitter. And if you really you know, didn't get enough Will Hopper this week, I'm also on YouTube, at MileVanilla. Simple like that. Um, I'm going to be putting something up there pretty soon and I'm going to start trying to keep that consistently full of videos. So if that's something you're into, maybe consider checking that out. Anyway, uh, thank you again for listening and, and yeah, have a mild day.